When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Here we now. Finally, made it to another week. Of course, this episode's kind of late. But I think it's high time that we got started. Welcome to the Monster Fest, here on... K360 Radio. J360 Legion, welcome back to the J-Man Show portion of the J360 Monster Fest. I'm your host, J.M. Brady, otherwise known as J-Man, otherwise known as J. Either way, you just spell it with a capital J. So how's it going, (laughs) y'all? Here we are for episode 121. Yeah, I actually remember the listing now. I apologize for those of you out there who um, listen to the mini bites. No, we don't have two episode 23s. We... It's definitely 24. I just forgot that I that I did a reference to the Mark Hamill thing. You know, it's just amazing. This stuff is on levels. I don't know how far we're going to get now. Are we going to get people acting the fool about other stuff? Yeah, most likely we are because we're just on that spectrum now. But, guess what though? We're finally back. Everything's queued up and ready to go. I mean, Saturday is pretty much the perfect day to really do all these things. Because, man, I, I, I'm telling you, when, there was something that went down on Wednesday, something went down on Thursday, then Friday, I had to work late. It was just so much crap. But then again, you know, I, I'm always thinking this. Maybe next time I should just take the portable stuff and just go ahead and wor- walk in around work and just go ahead and just do the show there. After a while, I really don't care. You know what I'm saying? Just go ahead and get it done. And who knows? Probably have a few more guests to chime in. But hey, story for another time. Speaking of which, I managed to see a couple of things in the Monster Fest. You know, to kind of change up the palette a little bit, because usually I plan this stuff out. But see, this time I went on a dime and I went ahead and looked at a few, you know, not-so-stellar films. See, if you, for those of you that are actually stumbling upon the J-Man show this year, see, I don't grade movies based on whether they're good or bad. I never do, because, you know, sometimes when people make a bad movie, they're trying. You, you got to give them that. They're trying. Anything can happen on a movie set. I mean, you probably have a great envision for a, a, a fairly decent film, a film that's a winner, 
But then when you work with other people and you work with investors or you have somebody out there that's just running a con game here, there, anywhere, things can really have a downward spiral. So you don't necessarily want to diss the movie too bad based off of its, um, you know, whatever you see, because what you see probably isn't the whole story of what needed to be seen. And you know what I mean by that. Like, say, like, if you're watching a movie and you see where we're going into the sequence and then the sequence abruptly stops and you go somewhere else. And then when you go back to that sequence, everything that you felt for that previous sequence is gone because you got, you know, you got into the new sequence and now you don't know where the hell you are. You see what I'm saying? That can happen on a multitude of things, whether somebody quit midway in production, the production ran out of money, or it could be because people on the production, they just didn't want to do it anymore. Like sometimes they will abandon a film and then because it's already in the canon and has to be shown somewhere, they'll go ahead and they'll throw it up. But at the same time, they'll look at it and be like, oh, well, you know, let's just go on ahead and get this done. Or they'll probably shelve it and you'll never see it again. But at the same time, it still costs a lot of time, a lot of money. And the effort is just, you know, the effort is just not as good as it was. So, like, you look at the room. Like, when you look at the room, you look at the room for... It was supposed to be built up to be this big drama piece, but it was funny in so many ways, and it wasn't what the original director wanted, but it managed to get notoriety, and it managed to get fame on its own just because of how bad it was. So, when you look at a bad movie, give them some grain of salt when you when you look at it, because it's like, they didn't intend for this to happen. And while a lot of unintentional stuff does happen, you, you got to say this. Hey, they made a movie, right? I mean, you can look at a lot of Ed Wood stuff and just be like, huh. Well, the man had an imagination, but it wasn't necessarily <laughs> at the same par of what his, um, it, it didn't make it into the final product entirely. Of course, I don't know. Plan 9 from Outer Space has a lot of fans. And some of these movies are on the spectrum of Plan 9 because... Oh, man. I mean, you could tell like they were trying with a straight three-act principle here. But then there are all these other things that come out of nowhere and ruin the balance of the film. And we can go ahead and say this segment. It's really called Schlock Night because <laughs> these movies are bad. <laughs> but, but you know, you know, they're not stellar. They're not going to win awards. If anything, they'll win Razzies and maybe they'll be shown at cult films all around the country and... All that kind of stuff. So maybe they do win something, but... Oh, God. It it was an endurance round. But see, I like these challenges, though, because it makes me sit there and see how long I can take before I finally be like, "Mm -mm, gotta turn off, gotta turn off. It it ain't ain't helping. Or just sit there with, like, what in the hell is going on in this film? And then it could be any sort of manner. It could be, like, a deep horror film. It could be a tragic figure horror film. Or it could just be a straight slasher film, which sometimes it doesn't take much with certain slasher films. Especially if you never find out who the killer is. So the movies we'll be looking into are Drive-In Massacre, Doom Asylum, Night Train to Terror, and Return to Horror High. Now each of these movies have something similar with them. They all deal with, you know, killers. And then there's a tragic figure. And then, of course, like I said, unresolved plotline. 
Like, when it comes to drive-in massacre, remember when the drive-ins were, like, at the peak of everything? Though some of them are coming back, but still, like, you know, a lot of Grindhouse or even um, certain adult films were played at drive-in theaters back in the day. And, like, people used to just go to them also to get a little action. And not the kind of action you're thinking of. Or maybe it is. You're perverts, too, right? And you see, like, this one was decent. It had everything that was working for it. Because, see, everything that was going in this in this um, movie here, the people were getting killed. And they weren't getting killed by somebody with a shotgun or anything. No, they were getting killed by somebody with a sword. And sort of like, not not just a plain sword, but like a, like a cutlass sword. Like something that you see out of a carnival or a circus. And the police officers, which uh, it's debatable whether they were useless or not. I mean, they, they kind of were because there were times where they were just like non-factors. They would come into the mo- movie and out of the movie. Whereas like the real persons that were in charge of anything, like the one that owned the drive-in theater. Like he was like the biggest culprit to be the one that was killing people. But then it turns out it wasn't him. And then there was the odd custodian named Jeremy. And Jeremy, uh, uh, and well, Jeremy was the great, he was called the great Gourmet at one time, but they call him Jeremy because he's just nasty and he's a custodian and, you know, the, the weird one at work, pretty much. And you see, like, the thing about Jeremy is Jeremy has more connections than anything because he keeps talking about his time as a carny. And you see there's still a carnival on the other side of the drive-in and that carnival keeps losing business. And a lot of the people that work at the drive-in were former carnies. And you see the manager isn't treating people, right? So you see where that goes, right? Among other things. But you see the police officers still don't see that it was Jeremy. And then there's also a peeping Tom that runs around the whole uh, drive-in massacre because that's just how some people are. If they're not getting any action, they're going to find a way to uh, cope. And I'm sure it's true to form because it happens a lot, doesn't it? So they all they go about finding... So the cops go about finding the machete guy, and um, Jer- Jeremy gets fired, e- even after um, they keep asking the um, the owner. They asked him twice about what was been what has been going on, and you see, it, it it's like okay, you can tell where they ran out of people to talk to, but you see the thing is, after a while we end up at the warehouse, and then there's a chase and a standoff. So. All the aspirations of how this is a horror movie is gone at this point. And then we don't really see what happens to, we don't really see what happens to Austin. Or no, 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 Austin got killed. Yeah, yeah, Austin got killed with the sword. And he was projected onto, and his death was projected onto the drive-in screen. So that's kind of wild, isn't it? But we never find out whether, whether Jeremy is or not. Yeah, yeah, Jeremy's the one that... No, 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 Jeremy got hacked to pieces. So, like, like what, what happened was... Is that even as the killers were searching about, Jeremy got hacked to pieces, and they had a standoff in the warehouse that was nearby, conveniently, to the drive-in. <laughs> I mean, come on, it's a movie, so let it, let, it ha- let it be. They were in the warehouse having a shootout, and then by the time that they shot the guy, and they were going over to find him, the two police officers were... The movie cuts out with this whole statement that's saying there are psychopaths nationwide that are doing this attack on people at drive-ins. There was one that could be right there near you now. So we never found out the identity of the man who was killing him. Personally, I think it was just a pissed off Carney that was doing it. 
I mean, keep in mind, the motivation here was pretty much just treat people right. But you see, Jeremy was the one that took the most abuse in the movie. Even having the name Jeremy alone would be enough for that guy to snap and just say, I'm going to go ahead and slit Austin's throat. Because Austin was the one that owns the drive-in theater. And every time I say Austin, I think of Stone Cold Steve Austin. I mean, he was bald-headed like him. Matter of fact, is Stone Cold coming back out of retirement? No, no, he's not. He's not. Forget that. Everybody's been saying that. But you see, like, what it was, it was all, all this build-up here. I mean, there was momentum during the warehouse shootout. There's parts where the movie does fall flat, and that's in between, like, the, during the investigation, because after a while, you can just see, like, there was no real where to go with this one. So, like, with the two cops, it, it tried to be a two-movie-in-one sort of thing, whereas, like, if, if it was my business, I would have conducted an investigation of my own unless I was the one that was doing the work. You see what I'm saying? Or, like, if I was if I was Jeremy, I would go ahead and try to see who's trying to frame me because I used to work at the carnival. See, right there, those are the main characters, whereas the police, the police, they try to make them the main characters, but they, other than, like, what was going on, they really had no frame of reference, and, like, when they were doing their investigation, they were pretty bored doing it. So, this movie was not really a favorite of mine simply because I was left hanging in the end. Is it watchable? Yeah. Give it a watch sometime. I mean, and see what you all get out of it, because, hey, it came from the Tubi. Next film, Doom Asylum. Now, Doom Asylum was interesting, because remember when I told you about the tragic figure that was made into a monster? It had it in this movie. And another thing is, much like anything else, this movie was a comedy in addition to a horror film. So, you can't throw too many stones at it. And this movie was okay with me, because there were some brutal deaths. Now, as for the characters in the movies, the only character that had any real ground to him was Mitch Hansen, who played as the monster in this... Well, not Mitch Hansen, that's the name of the character. But um, he became a monster because he got involved in a car accident, and the, the people conducting the autopsy, the coroner and his assistant, they bombed him and put fluid all on him that turned him into a crazed lunatic. And as he became a crazy lunatic, he went ahead and killed both of them. And unfortunately, he lost his fiance in the accident. And there's a moment where he's holding her. To, <laughs> there's a moment where he's holding her hand, and it's like you know, the, <laughs> it's not a part of her anymore. <laughs> and that's like really, really messed up. But um, he, the thing about old Mitch was Mitch lived in that asylum area, and that became his playground. And unfortunately, it's like. We move on into the timeline where his uh, fiance's daughter and a group of friends were having a picnic there. Now, why the hell would you have a picnic where an asylum is? Whatever, it's the plot. And you see, like, it's every single stereotype in a horror movie that you can think of was here. The slutty one, the one black dude that's too cool who will get killed off first in this movie. And the one nerd in the group who's all obsessed with his baseball cards and then you got the other um, spoiled bitch friend that's there, too. It, and then the dumb blonde. And what's funny about the dumb blonde was is that, man, she really, really sticks to that stereotype in this movie. Because she made it unbearable from time to time. I was like, this, this, no, no, stop. Don't talk. Don't talk anymore throughout this whole movie, please. But her boyfriend was trying so hard to get up in her pants, man. <laughs> He was sitting there, he was like doing every tactic he could. And then there was a moment where she said she missed her mother. 
And he said, well, you know, I could be your mom for you. You can't make this up. He said he could be her mom for her. And then she uh, said, oh, that is so sweet, Chad. And then all of a sudden he was like, well, you know, hey, hey, Kiki, let's kiss. And then she said, no, that's incest. I was like, why? (laughs) Now, the only reason why I'm still invested in this stuff is because old Mitch, Mitch put some work in. And the thing is, he could give Freddie a run for his money, you know? Like when Freddie started cracking more jokes. And that's around, like, what, the fourth movie? Yeah, I'll make little references to those films, but I'm not going to talk about them entirely. But you see, like, he could give him a pretty good run for his money, as many kills as he's done. Like, he took one of the... And then there was another group of people there. They were, like, supposed to be punk rockers or whatever. And, like, he was killing them all, too. He dunked one of them... He dunked one of their heads into... Uh, a vat of acid and pulled it right back out, popped one of the eyes on everything. Like it was like some of Tom Savani's work. And, and he said this crazy stuff about her getting a facial. And it was, it was, it was wild. I was like, yo, okay. Now, now I'm invested. So I got to see how this all plays out. And much to the form of its name, every single one of those kids had it coming. One of them really got their faces cut off with the, <laughs> with the bandsaw that he had cutting right all up in their face and everything else looked just like a paper mache. They could have been twins after a while. And then like the black dude, Oh my God, he was on there. Like, see, I don't really care about their names. That's why I'm just going to say it. The black dude just walked up in there. He was looking to get with the one punk rocker chick because allegedly she was sexy and he had a dream of running in a field with her. Apparently he had this time to do that. And as soon as he got up there, he didn't make it. Unfortunately, cause old Mitch had him locked up and, uh, Attached to electrolytes and just shocked the living hell out of him. And thank God for that, because he was annoying. Yep. I I was cheering on Mitch the whole time. And as Mitch was wiping out people left and right, left and right, it managed to go down to where it was the dumb blonde, her boyfriend, and the one the one lead punk rocker chick who everybody said was a was a lesbian, but you really didn't see any of the subtext in there. I think she just really didn't like people. And you see he had the boyfriend strapped down. Somehow he just knocked him out. Had the boyfriend strapped down and cut his hands and stuff off so he'd die of bloodlust. Had had Kiki strapped. And I'm wondering, why would you have Kiki strapped? Because, you know, there's, there's a little subplot behind it. And he kept saying, I did this for you. I did this for you. And it's like, okay, so you did this for her. Why did you do this for her? So that got my interest peaked. So then I looked over and I saw like um, the punk rock chick going in there to try to, to, to put a stop to him. Because she was the only one that actually stood any ground against Mitch. Everybody else was just fair game. And then like as soon as she actually took him to tone, I think she got thrown into the compactor that was in the asylum. So she got killed. And then Kiki, all of a sudden, she got freed because the punk rock chick freed her. So she ran out. And then he was right behind her and said, Kiki, I'd do it for you. I-, I loved you. And it turned out that Kiki is the daughter of Judy, who was his fiance. Now, before you go, oh, let- let's be real about this, right? He can't be a father figure at this point. He's too damn ugly. So what, what old Kiki did was she took out a knife, stabbed him and cut his throat. <laughs> And then Mitch laid there dying out. And then she said, you love my mother, but you did not treat us well. 
And then she ended up walking off in the distance. And then that was Doom Asylum. I mean, you got to keep in mind this, folks. He he was still alive in a way, but man, what they did to him. I mean, the man had more burns than Dark Man. I mean, at the end of the day, it just had to be done. In the most anticlimactic way ever. And we never know where Kiki goes because Kiki's in a bikini the whole time with a jean jacket on. And she's walking away. So, you know, there's so many bad jokes to make out of that. I'm just not going to do it this time. I'll do it another time, especially when I really don't give a damn. But I have more things to do. So we're going to go ahead and catch a train. The Midnight Train. The Night Train to Terror. Which is a B-independent horror film. Yeah, now, now this, this movie was a real letdown for me for the night. Because, one, I like trains. And two... I like the idea that there is a lot of slaying and it was an anthology film. A lot of stuff that happens on a train. Like, it's the perfect place to go because you can't necessarily get off a train unless you're at a depot. And then you're trapped there with the killer or whoever it could be to be a killer. It could be a conductor gone mad. It could be a lot of things. That's why I like the idea of, hey, a horror movie on a train. But it was a letdown. Because in the end, you know, with short stories that took place between pretty much the age-old classic where it's an arm-wrestling event between God and Satan, discussing the fates of different individuals. You, you know, like, it, it's like that big build-up, that structure right there, where it's, the, where it's the case of so many people. And, of course, you know, when, it, when it's God and Satan, it has to be, it's never really clear-cut between them. It's all about who goes to heaven and who goes to hell. And while we're there... We see a pop band on the train singing, singing a music video all the time saying everybody's doing something but you. And they're all doing it every single time. And then you see the conductors walking in and they always grinning awkwardly at the camera and stuff. They're trying to be scary, letting you know that this train is not necessarily a normal train. And you see the three stories was the case of Harry Billings. This is where a man was kidnapped, taken to an insane asylum, and he's put under hypnosis so that he can lure villains to be, uh, not villains, victims to come and be tortured and chopped up, almost like a human chop shop, pretty much. And then eventually he regained control of himself, and he managed to betray everybody else, and even take out a few of the doctors. Well, not a few of the doctors. He took out one, the one doctor took out the other doctor, because he was saying... I think we're done with this. And she was like, no, nah, I want more money. So she wiped him out. And then he went ahead and then Harry gained control of himself, managed to take out that female doctor, strap her down on a table where the other doctor came in. And he's like, oh my God, another patient, another patient. I'm going to go ahead and commit surgery on you. Yes, yes. So that took her out, which I thought was pretty clever. But the problem with that, that the problem with that one was, there were so many intercuts of different things, and it kind of took you out of the story, but it was very cohesive. And then the whole thing about Greta Connors involved, like, two lovers who were part of a sinister cult of people fascinated with death. And you see, the thing is, I gotta stand for the guy who wanted Greta because he really loved her, and she, well, she had a fetish. And you know how it is, y'all. When you're trying to date somebody and they say, you know, share each other's interests, you never know, you might like it. You see, the thing about, oh, 
Think about some people are. If, if she's a weekend Satanist or if he's a weekend Satanist, you might need to go ahead and just opt out of it. But then again, some of you atheists are into that, right? So who who knows? But the, the weird thing was is that Greta loved to torture herself. And she had a bunch of friends, which, you know, some people, they got their friends. And they say some have book clubs. And then some have, hey, let's go ahead and slit our throats one day and all that stuff. It, it, people are crazy. But pretty much these people were torturing themselves the whole time. Just trying to be apprentices to the devil. And it was like, hey, you know what? Yeah, it's fun and games. So you actually open that ninth gate and then all of a sudden the demon comes and pulls you away, huh? I mean, granted, a lot of the other people that were involved, especially the one running the event, they got killed. But Greta eventually got out of it because it was too much for her. And then her and the guy, did they live happily ever after? Not really. The story just cut off right then and there after the main person died. Not not the main hero, but the main person that ran the whole seances and crap. As soon as they died, that was it. <laughs> but hey, keep in mind though, every time the pump rock band keeps popping in there saying, everybody's having fun but you. And they're right, because at this point I was like, uh, do I turn it off or do I go ahead and see what happens? Because the third one just can't be that bad, right? Sometimes you have a bad bridge story, so you get to the third one. And the third one with Claire Hansen... It involved an apprentice of the devil that was trying to destroy mankind with a group of immortals. And allegedly that group of immortals was supposed to stop him, but I did not see it. And then the thing about Claire Hansen was she was supposed to be the chosen one. And even as she faced off against the apprentice to the devil, you know, she, nothing happened. Nothing happened because she was the... She was the wife of a guy who was pushing a book that said that God and the devil don't exist. Then eventually he got all sorts of messed up because the apprentice to the devil took care of him. And then during that whole event, he laid out there comatose. And then like Claire Hansen, who's a doctor herself, convenient of the plot, takes care of him, trying to heal him up. And I'm like, yo, you're supposed to be the apprentice to destroy him. And you're over here healing him? And then it cuts in with the pop band because guess what? There's no resolution to this. Oh wait, there was a resolution after the pop band sequence. It came back to him rising up again and smiling and being in another body. Because the old body's dead. Claire Hansen is nowhere to be found. And (laughs) it was so stupid. He's smiling at crap. I was like, well, I guess he won, huh? You know, but see, that was like the only movie that was kind of a letdown. And then at the end of it, there is one big resolution, though. The train actually explodes, and, and, and it's a doom train. Wiped out all of the people on it, except for God and the devil, of course. But the pop band and everything, they ended up going up to heaven with God. Yeah. Yeah, so at least that's one resolution. At least the train destroyed itself. Oh, man. Made me want to take the Pepto for that one. But, hey, it all gets better because there's another movie. Return to Horror High. Now, Return to Horror High was pretty much a comedy slasher film. And a lot of the people that we hold in high regard were in this film. Like George Clooney. Even though George got all sorts of messed up around like um, five, uh, what, five to ten seconds in? <laughs> he was playing a cop. 
But it's like, you know him. I was like, hey, eventually that man will be on ER and destroy the Batman franchise. Okay, okay, okay. That's that's a bit much. But, you see, the thing about Return to Horror High was it, it was like two movies in one again. Because, see, like, a lot of series of murders taking place at this high school. And the killer was never caught. But there was this movie production crew, which, by the way, they were pretty funny. Because everybody on that crew just sounded like my crew. Like, everybody's an a-hole, people just trying to get things done, and you know what? Who has the camera ready this time? And it was wild, because they're right there on location, they're filming everything, then there was the lead actress there to play multiple roles, and then there was another, well, since the cop got killed, when played by George Clooney, they had to bring in a real cop to play as the other main character. So, (laughs) while that's going down, the production has happened all over the place. There is actually some killing going on, wiping out everybody that's on the production staff in addition to the ones who are playing in the cast of the movie. And then there are intercuts in there where they show like different people in the classroom, like they're actually in school. And this is where it can get pretty muddy because the one is like, are we seeing the production of the movie or are we seeing exactly their production of the of the movie or like what what are we looking at here and then each time you're seeing the killer's face the killer's face he's probably the inspiration for Ghostface from the scream movies because he's there with his black robes on and he has like this plain white face it's not all wide open and crap but it's it's just a plain white face and he kills a science teacher which i'm questioning whether it was a science teacher or was it whether it was a um actor on the movie or any of this other stuff and, you know, some people say that it was the uh, the principal that did it. And then the principal, well, they say it was the principal that did it, but then it turned out to be a publicity stunt to promote the film. So it pulls you right out of it. But then it's still, it's still the policeman. But then it's still the castle man who did it. So see see where it's confusing for me because... I'm thinking back on the movie and it's like the whole time I'm just riding through it because nothing makes sense. Cause it's whether it's a real movie production or whether it's the production in the film or whether it's the people that are really going to high school. And that's the questions that you all have, but it turned out to be the actual principal that did all the killing. And then they managed to impale him with a javelin. Then he rose up again because he got to get those final shocks in and they managed to wipe him out again. So he's dead. And then, guess what? They find the bodies of the crew, the film crew, gone. And so there's another killer on the loose. And then, of course, you know, the screenwriter, who pretty much is getting the short end of the stick in this movie. I mean, because he's treated like the stereotypical nerd. And I look at him like, film film writers are not this bad. You know what I'm saying? And he started writing a sequel to the movie called The Return to Horror High, which is the same, (laughs) same title as this movie. And then there's a picture of Castleman on the desk. And then he looks, and then there's somebody looks in there at him. We don't really see him, but he's dripping blood on the pages being typed. And then the screenwriter, he says, Dad? Then it goes off. I mean, there's a story in there. It's just that, where is it going? Where do you dig through? And where does it make sense here? Because, I mean, even then, the plot that really ties all the stuff together is 
is that the the principal had an affair with one of the students and she was pregnant. And then allegedly, like, she was pregnant and that baby would grow up to become Arthur Lyman, who was the screenwriter for the movie within the movie. But at the same time, you realize that Arthur is kind of out of a job right now because the film crew is dead. You know what I mean? So it's like... Or nobody really wants to work with Arthur at that point. So it's 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 odd. It's really like, you know, hmm. I mean, it was funny. I'm not going to say it wasn't funny. But it's like, you, you look at it, it's like, eh, see all that stuff going on? It drowns the audience out. And even for me as one person looking at it, it's like, where do we go from here? And then they impaled the uh, principal with a javelin, and they shot him multiple times. So apparently he's either a restless spirit, or man, they are just not aiming for the head. Because, you know, when you take out a psychopath, that's where you really need to go at. You got to hit them where they're sick. But hey, you know, it, it was already crazy when we were going into the movie. So by me giving you that, the confusion that was there is basically because it's a very confusing movie to watch. But. Luckily, there was no sequel to this mess, and of course, it has two stars. Every single one of these movies that I told you about today has two stars. And if you just need a laugh, you know, just sit back and watch them. Give them what, give them what their just deserves are, because to really make a good movie, you got to look at the bad ones. And then when you look at the bad ones, you just realize that they were very ambitious. And then there were times where it's like, where they even didn't know where to go, or they try to go ahead and try to meet the time frame, or there, there's so many reasons why this movie pales and it's bad. But then there's so many reasons why you don't have a subplot everywhere either. You have a straight cohesive plot, you tell the story, and whether we want a sequel or not, or whether you want to do a sequel, maybe you could leave it a little open-ended, probably. Like I said, it's it's just ways to do things, and then there's ways you don't do things. But am I going to tell you whether these movies are bad or not? Well, I'm going to tell you that Night Train to Terror was pretty awful. But the other three movies deserve a watch. And whether it's good or bad or not depends on your opinion contrasting my opinion. So, for Schlock Night, I think it was pretty successful. Because, hey, three out of four ain't bad. You know? And there's going to be more Schlock Night to come. Because Tubi just isn't done sending this stuff down the tubes along with Amazon Prime. And I would say go with Amazon Prime if you don't want to watch any uh, commercials in the middle of it. But you see, for movies like this, those commercials were a godsend. Because even yours truly needed a break. And I can handle a lot, but... Whew! Damn! Night Train of Terror, you, 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 oof, you almost screwed up my whole night. <laughs> Gotta take a drink on that one. My God. That was painful. But other than that, though, I want to say that this is part of a double special, so you're going to get another episode tomorrow. We're going to look into werewolves tomorrow. But, hey, am I forgetting something? Oh, yeah, 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 Your video game recommendation of the day is, for all you next-gen, well, not next-gen, current-gen owners, Mortal Kombat 11, just because Mortal Kombat 11 is your recommendation this week. And since I gave you a recommendation for this week, I don't have to give you a recommendation for tomorrow's episode. So, 
Before we go back to the scourges of the undead and talk about some great films and everything, I just want to say that it was awesome being back here to do another episode with you all. It's time for me to get on out of here. So until then, you take it easy and come back tomorrow, okay? Laters. 